0: The first thing that comes up is state intestacy laws, and that's a big word for basically the state decides where your stuff goes. Every state has a statute on the books that says if someone dies without an estate plan, this is how their estate is distributed, and typically that follows their family line, the family tree. In Washington, it starts with parents, or spouse, I guess, first. If it's a married couple, it goes typically to the spouse. But if there's no spouse, it goes to parents or siblings, nieces and nephews, sort of down that line. And so the individual loses control as to where they want their stuff to go or where their stuff actually goes. If there's no will or trust or document in place saying where stuff goes, they're basically bound to what the state says happens. And so that has a lot of unintended beneficiaries in lots of cases. It could give assets to people that you don't know. It prioritizes family members, but some of those family members might not be anyone that you'd want to have any of your assets. You might not have a relationship with them. You might not even know them.
1: You are listening to the Legacy Talk podcast hosted by James A. Jones, attorney at law and founder of Sound Legacy Law, PLLC in Tacoma. Attorney Jones is here to talk about how to best protect your family, assets, and wealth pulling stories from his more than 20 years of helping families and business owners protect their assets, create their estate plans, preserve their wealth, and plan for the future. Nobody wants to think about estate planning, but life has a way of sneaking up on you. And at any moment, something unexpected could happen that will leave you regretting not having acted sooner. So join Attorney James A. Jones in the Legacy Talk podcast, and together learn how to plan for your future today and have peace of mind
0: tomorrow. Welcome to Legacy Talk. I'm your host, James Jones. I'm an estate planning attorney in Tacoma, Washington. I've been practicing over 20 years. and My main practice areas are estate planning, probate, and estate administration. On Legacy Talk, we discuss topics surrounding families and estates. Estate planning is often a confusing and complicated topic, but my goal with this podcast is to make it understandable and accessible to the people who need it. So if this is something that interests you, I'd appreciate if you click the subscribe button and like this episode so that you can follow along as we break down the barriers to estate planning. I'm excited to get today's topic. Today's topic is the unseen consequences. What happens if you don't have an estate plan? So that you know the importance of having an estate plan in place. So on today's show, we're talking about the unseen consequences. What happens if you don't have an estate plan? So let's get to it. I'm too young for an estate plan. My estate is simple. I don't have many assets. I don't need an estate plan. I'm not the one dealing with it. I don't need an estate plan. These and other excuses for not doing an estate plan are very common. I've talked about this before, but what people don't know can end up costing them in the long run. As with anything, there can be unintended consequences of not having an estate plan in place. Last episode, we talked about how easy it can be to do an estate plan. Today we're talking about what happens if we don't have one. Bottom line, it's not good. If someone dies without an estate plan in place, and when I say estate plan, I mean a will or a trust or a document that says what happens with someone's stuff and who's in charge, basically. If that's not spelled out in legally binding documents like a will or a trust, it can cause major issues and significantly complicate the administration of an estate, even if it's just a simple one. So. Let's talk about some of these unintended consequences, unseen consequences out there. The first thing that comes up is state intestacy laws. And that's a big word for basically the state decides where your stuff goes. Every state has a statute on the books that says, if someone dies without an estate plan, this is how their estate is distributed. And typically that follows their family line, the family tree. In Washington, it starts with parents or spouse, I guess first, if it's a married couple, it goes typically to the spouse. But if there's no spouse, it goes to parents or siblings, nieces and nephews, sort of down that line. And so the individual loses control as to where they want their stuff to go or where their stuff actually goes. If there's no will or trust or document in place saying where stuff goes, they're basically bound to what the state says happens. And so that has a lot of unintended beneficiaries in lots of cases. It could give assets to people that you don't know. It prioritizes family members, but some of those family members might not be anyone that you'd want to have any of your assets. You might not have a relationship with them. You might not even know them, right? Like I said, and if it's a complex family situation where it's a unmarried relationship, it can be catastrophic with regard to what happens. If there's no plan in place, there's no default distribution to a partner not legally affiliated through marriage or domestic partnership or something like that. So that's a potential significant issue. So don't let that happen. Second issue, unforeseen consequence, that the court appoints the administrator of your estate. When you don't put someone in charge, someone has to put somebody in charge. And the Person that has to do that is a judge in a court. Okay, and so that often can turn into someone that has no real connection with you, with a person, right? Or that with the family, could be some lawyer off a list, especially if there's no one willing or able to step up from the family or friend side to sort of run the estate. And also, if there's no will and a court or a trust, and the court comes involved in this estate almost anybody can petition to become the administrator of that estate after 40 days in Washington, at least it doesn't have to be a friend or family member. It could be a creditor that petitions to be the executor administrator of an estate. So we don't want to have that happen. And the other issue there too, I guess is family conflict because if there's multiple people, like if it's a situation where there's several kids and they don't necessarily get along and who's going to be the executor and I want to be executor. No, I want to be executor kind of thing happens and it's not great for the family dynamic and can be expensive and it's complicated and it's never usually turns out great. So that leads us to the next thing, I guess, which is family disputes when there's unclear intentions, with there's no clear estate plan in place. Family members are often left guessing as to what mom or dad or, you know, brother or sister intended grandparents sometimes. So this leads to misunderstandings. This leads to, well, mom wanted me to have this. No, mom wanted me to have it, you know, that kind of a thing. And whenever that happens, it can lead to litigation. It can lead to lawyers getting involved, which costs money. And it's emotional, right? It it can be an emotional toll. We've talked about on a previous episode how a daughter was running around trying to get Accounts transferred into a trust that they had drafted themselves while their dad's on his deathbed. Instead of spending time with him, she's running around dealing with stuff like that, you know? And so that's an emotional toll. And it's the same with an estate where there's nothing sort of in writing that gives a direction. And so when there's conflict there, that's not typically great for familial relationships. And then it costs more, right? Those legal battles with family members are creditors trying to take over an estate or someone that shouldn't be in charge of the estate is trying to run the estate or there's a dispute as to who wanted what or who gets what, right? Those cost money because lawyers are involved typically and lawyers charge a lot of money. So (laughs) as a typical default, you're going to spend money to, to fight about stuff like that. So another reason to have an estate plan. The third thing to think about too, is if you have minor children, and don't have an estate plan, a will, the court determines where the kids go, who's going to be the guardian of the kid. And just like choosing an executor, that could be someone that you definitely don't want to have in charge of your kids, right? A lot of the time, you know, if someone in the family will step up and they'll say, I'd be guardian, I'd be happy to do it. And the kids will be happy to be there. Right. But that doesn't always happen. And why would you risk that? So if you have minor children have a will, at least, okay. Because it's already tumultuous, I guess, enough for the kids, right? They don't have to deal with being in the place they don't want to be. They're already without their mom or dad, right? So take the time and figure that out because it just leads to the instability in lives and that doesn't bode well for younger kids typically. Uh, Another thing that you miss an opportunity on without having an estate plan is you could potentially end up paying higher taxes. This definitely applies to like estate taxes. Washington has a very low threshold where you're uh, having to pay estate taxes based on values of property and investments and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't plan for it, the exemption in Washington for estate taxes, if you're a married couple, it's a use it or lose it kind of an exemption. So if you're a married couple and say a husband passed away, you're not going to pay a state tax on the first passing. Typically it'll go to your spouse, but if you don't shelter that exemption for the deceased spouse at that time, it's gone. You can't use it later. Your surviving spouse can't come back and say, well, I didn't use my spouse's exemption when he or she died. I want to use it now in Washington state. That doesn't work. And so, we need to make sure that that stuff's planned for and considered in an estate plan. And if it's not, then that's a significant amount of money that could be lost. And definitely a, a significant complication in having to file an estate tax return at all. Right. I think I've mentioned this before every estate tax return in Washington is audited typically. And so you're filing it, you're paying a lot of money to file it and then the audit process happens. So you're basically going through that twice and that's not cheap. So in order to reduce taxes and simplify that estate tax issue, it's better to plan for it. We've talked about probate. The court appointing an administrator administrator of an estate is probate. It's time consuming, it costs a lot of money. If you don't have an estate plan in place, you're going through probate, okay? Unless you have very little assets, right? I guess the time when you're going to not go through probate with a very small estate, at least in the state of Washington, is if you have under a hundred thousand dollars and no real estate. And if that's the case, you probably don't have to go through a full blown probate. There's a small estate process for that where you can use a a form basically to get through that process and deal with banks and stuff. But if there's real estate involved and there's anything more than a hundred thousand dollars in assets, you're going through probate. Okay. And it's a public proceeding. We've talked about that. Everybody knows your business. It takes a long time. It costs money because you typically hire a lawyer to help you with that. And so, and it makes you have to go through all the judicial hoops. We've talked about that. So, probate is another reason. If you want to avoid probate, typically a revocable trust is a great solution to that problem. But if you don't have one, you're going through. Okay. Another thing that you could think about too, if you're not doing estate or don't have an estate plan, is lack of asset protection opportunities. And that's typically relates to creditors and how they're dealt with. Typically, if there's a lot of creditors, it it might be a good thing to go through probate actually, because you can often settle and administer those through that probate process, those claims through that probate process. But if there's other significant liabilities, like there's a small business that's owned or other assets that might be susceptible to creditors, not having an estate plan in place, this is more during your lifetime but not having an estate in place during your lifetime is potentially a negative if you got sued or had a claim come against you during your lifetime, because those assets might be wide open for a judgment from a creditor. Okay. So having proper entities and structures that protect your assets during your lifetime, as well as after you've passed are critical in that asset protection side of things. And then the other thing that we, we should consider during someone's lifetime, and we've talked about this, I think the last episode, we talked about durable powers of attorney and how important they are. If you don't have an estate plan in place, that typically means you don't have a durable power of attorney in place. So if something happened to you during your lifetime, there's no one to make medical decisions. There's no one to make financial decisions and make sure your mortgage is paid and your bills are paid and no one talk to your doctors and authorized treatment and all those kinds of things. And so if you don't have that durable power of attorney, we've talked about the unforeseen consequences of that, which is typically guardianship and conservatorship. Nobody wants that. Another thing to consider if you have an estate plan or don't have an estate plan is if you have a small business, right. Or any business, right. It doesn't have to be small. It can be big. who runs that business when you're gone, right? Who's in charge? Is there a succession plan for ownership? Who's the manager, right? Do you have a longtime employee that you'd want to help take over the company or help buy it out? Without that stuff planned for, it's going to be a mess, okay? You lose a lot of the strategic planning opportunities that you could put in place to sort of help with buyouts, help with management succession, and operation succession. And the other thing too is if something happened to a business owner without an estate plan and there's not really a plan in place as to, well, when the owner's not there, who's in charge, that can be a problem for a business that's trying to continue to operate. And if it's a family situation where there might be a spouse relying on that income, that could be a big issue. Right. And so it's something that that really needs to be considered if there's no estate plan. it's really not a great deal for the spouse or for the family or for the key employee, all of those things. And finally, we talk about legacy on this podcast, legacy talk. A lot of people want to make sure that they give some money to charity and they, they like to give charity, charitable contributions. They give to charities during their lifetime without a plan in place. Some of those opportunities to give to charity are lost, right? Sometimes there's a significant benefit in giving to charity for estate tax purposes It can reduce the value of your taxable estate. That's a positive. And it also helps organizations and causes that people like. And so you can lose that opportunity if you don't plan. And so those are just some things to consider as to why we want to have an estate plan. We don't want to have that kind of stuff happen and so that brings us to our story time section of this podcast episode and so i've got a few right our very first episode i talked about a client kimiko who was a japanese woman who married an american here had no children you can learn and hear about what happened to her she didn't have an estate plan in place if you go back and listen to episode one i believe but it wasn't great and it was complicated So I've got three scenarios or three stories today from three different clients of mine that I'm working with or worked with, I guess, over the last several years. And they're all sort of different, right? So the first one talks about is a client of mine named Marion. She's a married woman. Her husband passed away. No will, no trust, nothing, no estate plan, okay? They were in a long-term marriage. They had mixed property. So that means... They had some assets that were community property, which means that they owned it together jointly, right? And so in Washington, we're a community property state. And so community property in a no-will situation, intestacy loss situation, typically goes to the surviving spouse, 100%, okay? This man, her husband also had a daughter from a previous relationship and they also had separate property. So they had a house and land that's separate property which he, means he had it before they got married and they didn't commingle it they didn't make it community property and in Washington under the intestacy laws if there's separate property typically it goes 50% to the surviving spouse and 50% to the kids from a previous marriage and so that was a problem right and this daughter that that he had is semi-estranged they didn't have a relationship and she wasn't getting what she wanted. It's just been a fiasco of a process, basically, dealing with this case. Because it's been, as soon as the case was open, it's been with another other lawyers have been involved. And so whenever lawyers get involved, it can get pretty messy as far as the estate goes. But what could happen to Marion, ultimately, is she doesn't get what she really feels like she would be entitled to. And there's a lot of compromises that have to be made that shouldn't have had to be made, right? She's going to have to share stuff and assets with this estranged daughter and not get really what the husband would have wanted her to have, which is probably everything. And so it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of time. It definitely costs a lot of heartache and stress for Marion. And it all could have been prevented if there was a simple will right saying who gets what and who's in charge and so that's one scenario okay married couple no will separate kids can often turn into something that's a mess okay <laughs> especially if the kids are not in a relationship with the parent at the time of death okay or they're estranged or they don't like the new wife or husband that happens a lot second scenario is a client of my name maria She was an unmarried woman. Her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend died unexpectedly, very young in mid thirties, early to mid thirties. I'd say two kids. They had together, minor kids, young kids, and they were not married. He owned everything in his name. He had two properties. One was a rental property and no will. Okay. And so we were required to open a probate in this case. And Maria really didn't run any of that stuff, right? Everything was done through her boyfriend, her partner. He ran all the rental property stuff. He dealt with all of the asset you know, details. And when he passed away, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to manage a rental property, a multi-tenant rental property, and was basically forced to sell that property because she needed funds to live. Okay. He was the primary breadwinner, of course, too. And so she lost that income. And so she couldn't make the mortgage payments on the main house that they had. So she had to sell this other house, rental house duplex that could have been a good income source, but she kind of needed to sell it because she needed some liquidity. And so it was just, if it would have been planned properly, it would have been much easier for that estate to go forward as far as who gets what, because a girlfriend doesn't get anything by state law, right? A girlfriend or boyfriend or partner doesn't get anything if there's no will, right? There's no provision, default provision for that person to get anything. Okay. And we'll get into the, our next scenario, I'll talk about something else that can come up, but there's no, well, if I'm, I've been in a relationship with a girl or a guy or partner, whatever for 10 years, they get everything right. That's not a default. That's not a gimme. Okay. And so they did some planning this couple, there was a life insurance policy that sort of helped bridge the gap a little bit, but it just, it just wasn't great. And then they have family members that came in and were saying how the kids should be dealt with, even though they're her kids. And it's just not great for family harmony and it's already a stressful situation and it's already a mess. And it's already the hardest thing someone goes through most of the time. So having that clear direction would have been very helpful. So the third story or scenario is a client of mine named Jennifer. She's the sole beneficiary of her father's estate. Her father was not married. She's the only child. And so under intestacy laws, she's the beneficiary, unmarried man no parents left. He's not, he's got no spouse. The kids are the first choice. Okay. First inheritors of that estate. Problem is this man was in a long time mar- intimate relationship with a woman, unmarried. They owned property together separately. Okay. Not as joint tenants, but as tenants in common. So that they, they don't owe it, own it. To, they, they each own a 50% interest basically. And in this case, the Partner, longtime partner, girlfriend wants to stay in this house. It's a house primarily. And the daughter wants to sell it, right? (laughs) And so there's a conflict there. What do we do with this house that's owned 50% by the estate and 50% by the surviving girlfriend, partner, significant other, right? And so the biggest thing that we're dealing with in this case, or that we've dealt with in this case, is how do we deal with that? (laughs) How do we, how do we divide that, that property in a way that makes both sides happy? The other wrinkle in this case is, and this happens and then can happen, is the, the girlfriend petitioned the court to rule that their relationship was a committed intimate relationship, which if that happens, then she would get the community property interest in this house. So basically it could mean that she gets everything almost, but the daughter, my client gets nothing. And so if that's the case, the court can rule, if it's a long time relationship that, hey, well, they were basically married. Washington doesn't have a common law marriage, but there's a provision that if you're in a long-term committed intimate relationship, And have joint property and can show that there was, you know, joint assets used to sustain properties and assets that person petitioning can be considered basically like a spouse. And so that means they get more of the estate, like they're treated more like a a married couple, which is not great when the father specifically mentioned and held properties in the way that he did so that this wouldn't happen. Right? He wanted his daughter to have his share of this house. He wanted his daughter to have his share of the estate. He didn't marry this woman for a reason. And that's clear and has been stated. And unfortunately, you can't go back and say, well, dad told me that he wanted everything to come to me and he didn't get married to this lady because of this or that, right? That's not admissible evidence in a case like that. You can't bring that in. So unless it's written down in a legally binding document, like a will or a trust, what dad or mom or brother or sister or friend said, I want you to have everything. That's not a thing, unforeseen consequences of not having an estate plan. So as we learn from these three scenarios, there's lots of things that can happen if you don't take the time to get something in place. It's not that hard, we've talked about that. And especially if you have help from a professional, it can be very straightforward and a a simple process essentially. And so if this is you, if you're listening to this saying, well, what happens if I don't have an estate plan and you're thinking about getting one, do it, (laughs) do it for your family, for your friends, loved ones, do it. Okay. Just, it just makes everything so much easier. Anyway, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Legacy Talk. If you like today's episode and would like to learn more, please like and subscribe for more great content. I've been your host, James Jones. To your legacy.
1: Thank you for listening to the Legacy Talk podcast by attorney James A. Jones. If you found today's episode helpful, we ask that you like and follow us on all major platforms so you don't miss out on the latest episode. If you have questions for Attorney Jones, reach out at info at joneslegacylaw.com or visit our website at joneslegacylaw.com. Join us again next week for another episode of the Legacy Talk podcast.